Chapter 19 of Bull Hunter by Max Brand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The ride to the southern mountain seemed to Bull Hunter to mark a great point of departure between his old life and a new life. He had not heard Riley, fox-faced and wicked of eye, say to his master, What this big fool needs is a little kidding. Make him think that we figure him to be a big gun. He had not seen Hal Dunbar make a wry face before he nodded. All that Bull Hunter could know was that the three men, Riley Dunbar and Joe Castor, were all exceedingly pleasant to him on the way. Of all the men in the world, only Pete Reeve had treated him as these men were now doing, and it was sweet beyond measure to Bull Hunter to be treated with considered respect, to have his opinion asked, and to be deferred to and flattered. As for the thousand little asides with which they made a mock of him, they were far above his head. It seemed only patent to Bull Hunter that he had been accepted freely into the equal society of men. He drew a vague comparison between that success and his mastery of Diablo. The big stallion was like a kitten under his hand. It required much coaxing during the first half-day of riding to bring Diablo within speaking distance of the other men, but gradually he discovered that they could do him no harm, so long as the gentle voice of Hunter was near him. Thereafter he was entirely amiable to reason. One could see that the stallion was learning difficult lessons, but he was learning them fast. Eye and ear and scent told him that these creatures were dangerous. Old experience told him that they were dangerous, and only a blind trust in Bull Hunter enabled him to conquer the panic which surged up in his brain time and again. But he kept on trying, and the constant struggle against men which had featured his life made him astonishingly quick to pick up new facts. The first step had been the hard one, and it seemed to Bull Hunter that the close-knit, smooth-flowing muscles beneath him were carrying him onward into the esteem of all men. To Diablo he gave the praise, and after Diablo, to little freckled Todd, and to Pete Reeve, the fighter. As for taking any credit for himself, the idea never came to him for a moment. The long trip took two days. They crossed the green rolling hills. They passed the foothills, and climbing steadily, they came onto a broad, high plateau. It was a natural kingdom, this ranch of the Dunbars. The fence around it was the continuous range of mountains skirting the plateau on all sides, and in every direction, up those blue summits as far as the eye carried, stretched the land which owned Hal Dunbar as master. To Bull Hunter, when they reached the crest, and the broad domain was pointed out to him, this seemed a princely stretch indeed, and Hal Dunbar was more like a king than ever. It was easy to forgive pride in such a man, and a certain asperity of temper. How could so rich and powerful a man be like others? The ranch house was worthy of such a holding. A heavy growth of beautiful silver spruce swept up the slope of some hills, and riding through the forest, one caught the first glimpse of the building. It was spread out carelessly, the foundations laid deep to cover the irregularities of the ground. It was a heterogeneous mass, 
obviously not the work of any one builder. Here, a one-story wing rambled far to the side, built heavily of logs, rudely squared, and there was a three-story frame section of house, and still again there was a tall tower effect of rough stone. As for the barns and sheds, which swept away down the farther and lower slopes, the meanest of them looked to Bull as though it might have made a home of more than average comfort. The other three riders noted the gaping astonishment of Bull and passed the wink quietly around. To Hal Dunbar it was growing more and more annoying that he had to trouble himself with such a clod of a man and use diplomacy where contemptuous force would have been so much more after his heart. But he continued to follow the scheme first laid down for his pursuit by clever Riley, and when they came to the wide-ranging stable, he assigned the black stallion to a roomy box stall. Bull Hunter thanked him for the courtesy, as though it had been a direct personal favor. As a matter of fact, Hal felt that he was merely taking care of a horse which was already as good as his. Coming back toward the house, Bull walked slowly in the rear of the little party. He wanted to take plenty of time and drink in the astonishing details of what to him was a palace. And about the weather-beaten old house, he felt that there was a touch of mystery, of a more or less feudal romance. Climbing the steps to the porch, he turned. A broad sweep of hills opened above the tops of the spruces, and the blue mountains were piled beyond. While he stood, a door slammed, and he heard a girl's mellow voice calling, "'Hello, Hal, what luck?' "'What luck? No luck,' grumbled young Dunbar. "'All the luck has gone to the way of my friend here.' He brought out the last words jokingly. "'This is Charlie Hunter, commonly called Bull, for reasons you may guess. Bull, this is Mary Hood.' Bull had turned lumberingly and found himself staring at a girl in a more formal riding outfit than he had ever seen before, with tall boots of soft red leather and a little round black hat set on her hair, and a coat fitted somewhat closely. The rather masculine outfit only served to make her freer, more independent, more delightfully herself, Bull Hunter thought. She looked him up and down in reserved judgment, it seemed. He rode Diablo, Dunbar was explaining. And that's why you brought him, she asked flashing a queer glance at Hal. Then she came a pace down the steps and shook hands with Bull. He took the small hand carefully, with fear that the bones would break, unless he were excessively gentle. At last she laughed so frankly that a tingle went through his big body, and he peered closely at her. As a rule, the laughter of others made him hot with shame, but this laughter was different. It seemed to invite him into a pleasant secret. "'I'm glad to meet the man who conquered Diablo,' she was saying. "'I didn't beat Diablo,' he hastened to explain. "'We just sort of reached an understanding. He saw that I didn't mean him any harm, so he let me ride him. That's all there was to it.' He saw her eyes narrow a trifle as she looked down at him, for she had drawn back to the level of the porch. Was she despising him? and condemning him merely because he had told her the truth. He flushed at the thought, and then he was called into the house by Dunbar and brought to a room. The size of it inspired him 
with a profound awe, and he was still gaping when Dunbar left him. In the hall, the master of the house met Riley, and the fox-faced lieutenant drew him aside. "'I got a plan,' he said. "'You're full of plans,' muttered Dunbar evilly. All the way home he had been striving to find some way of explaining his lack of success with the stallion to Mary Hood. She had grown up on the ranch with him. Her father had been the manager of the ranch for twenty years, and she had grown up with a feeling that Hal Dunbar was infallible and invincible. "'Did you see that big hulk look at Mary Hood?' Riley asked. The name came pat with the unpleasant part of Hal's brooding, and his scowl grew blacker. "'What about it?' "'Looked at her as though she were an angel, and touched her hand as though it was fire. I tell you, Hal, she knocked Hunter clean off his balance.' "'Not the first she's done that to,' said Hal with meaning. "'Maybe not, maybe not,' said Riley, rather hastily. "'But I've been thinking. "'Suppose you go to Mary and tell her that you're dead set on keeping this hunter with you. "'Tell her that he's a hard fellow to handle, that he likes her, "'and the best way to make sure of him is for her to be nice to him. "'She can do that easy. "'She takes natural to flirting. "'Flirt with that thick head? "'She'd laugh in my face.' "'She'd do more than that for you, Hal.' Hmm, grunted Dunbar, greatly mollified. I ask her to make Hunter happy. What comes of it? If her father sees Hunter make eyes at her, he'll blow the head off the clodhopper. I know, Riley nodded. He's always afraid she'll take a fancy to one of the hands and run off with him, or something like that. He's dead set again her saying two words to anybody like me, say. He gritted his teeth and flushed at the thought. Then he continued. But that's just what you want. You want to get Hunter's head blown off, don't you? Dunbar caught the shoulder of Riley and whirled him around. Are you talking murder to me, Riley? I'm talking sense, said Riley. By the Lord, growled Dunbar. You're a plain bad one, Riley. You like deviltry for the sake of deviltry itself. You want me to get? How much do you want the black horse, Chief? Dunbar sighed. You can't touch him after him saving your life, and I can't touch him, because everybody knows that I'm your man. But suppose you get the girl and Hunter planted. Then when Jack Hood rides in this afternoon, I'll take him where he can see him together. Leave the rest to me, will you? I'll have Jack Hood scared. She's going to elope before morning. And Jack will do the rest. You know his way. Suppose Hood gets killed. Killed by that? Jack Hood? Why, you know he's near as good as you with his gat. Dunbar nodded slowly. After all, the scheme was a simple one. Well, whispered Riley. You and the devil win, said Hal. After all, what's this hunter amount to? Nothing. And I need the horse. He executed the first step of the scheme instantly. He went downstairs and found the girl still on the veranda. She began to mock him at once. You'll go to heaven, Hal, giving a home to the man who beats you. He managed to smile, although the words were poison to him. He had loved her as long as he could remember, and sooner or later she would be his wife. But the period remained indefinitely in the future, as the whims of the girl changed. It was for that reason, as Hal very well knew, that her father became furious 
when she smiled at another man. The rich marriage was his goal, and when a second man stepped onto the stage, old Jack Hood was ready to fight. Hal saw a way of stopping her jibes and proving his good intentions toward Hunter all in a breath. He saved my life, Mary. I lost a stirrup, and the devil of a horse threw me. Briefly he sketched in the story of the rescue, and how Bull Hunter afterward had ridden the horse without spurs, without a bridle. Before he ended, her eyes were shining. That's what he meant when he said he hadn't beaten Diablo. I understand now. At the time, I thought he was a little simple, Hal. He's not exceptionally clever, Mary, said Hal, and that's where the point comes in of what I want you to do. Hunter is apt to take a fancy that he isn't wanted here, that he's being kept out of charity because he saved my life. Nothing I can say will convince him. I want you to give him a better reason for staying around. Will you do it as a great favor? She dropped her chin into her hand and studied him. Just what are you driving at, Hal? You know what I mean well enough. I want you to waste a smile or two on him, Mary. Will you do that? Make him think you like him a good deal. That you're glad to have him around, will you? Take him out for a walk this afternoon and get him to tell you the story of his life. You can always make a man talk, and generally you turn them into fools. You've done it with me often enough, he added gloomily. Flirt with that big, quiet fellow, she said gravely. How you're criminal. Besides, you know I don't flirt. It's just the opposite. When I like a man, I'm simply frank about it. But you have a way of being frank, so that a poor devil usually thinks you want to marry him. And then there's the devil to pay. You know it perfectly well. That's not true, Hal. I won't argue, but will you do it? Absolutely not. It might be quite a game. He may not be altogether a fool. And suppose he were to wake up. Suppose he's simply half asleep. He saw a gleam of excitement come into her eyes and wisely left her without another word. After things had reached a certain point, Mary could be generally trusted to carry the action on. End of chapter 19